Welcome to Affiliate Marketing Millionaire, the official podcast for the number one affiliate marketing channel on YouTube with over 36 million views and counting. Here are your hosts, ODI Productions and Kit Thatch. All right, welcome back yet again to another episode of Affiliate Marketing Millionaire Podcast. I'm Kit along with your host, as always, ODI Productions, and today we are going to be doing a ton of stuff. We're going to be talking about the best and most profitable affiliate marketing niches in 2023, but we also have a ton of other stuff, including the top three action steps you can take right now to start succeeding in affiliate marketing. But to tell you about some of the great new stuff we have for you, want to go ahead and turn it over to Odie. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in again this week. Thank you so much for the outpouring of support and love on the recent episodes. We really appreciate it. This is a very special episode. So I actually just created a huge YouTube video. This is my How to Start Film Marketing 2023 video. By the time you hear this podcast, that video will probably be live on YouTube, and I suggest you go watch it because I'm doing something I've never done before. I'm creating a live affiliate marketing business case study that I literally create during the video and I'm going to be working on this case study throughout the whole course of 2023. This is gonna be kind of like a side project for me but I'm going to be sharing the results of this case study with you guys and it's something I'm really excited to share with you so make sure you check out that video because you'll get to see how I set that up we'll we'll talk about that a little bit more today. So that's the first thing but this episode is going to be about the best profitable niches for affiliate marketing in 2023 to give you guys some inspiration and some ideas on what you can possibly pursue if you want to start your film marketing business today. Now, before we jump into this list, we are going to give you some advice on choosing a niche for affiliate marketing because this seems to be a point of contention for a lot of beginners, and rightfully so. You know, when you're a beginner, you have a lot of analysis paralysis. If you're like me, you're consuming so much information, but if you're not taking enough action and you have an imbalance here, that's when you tend to have sort of these you know, feelings of doubt or you just feel like you're not making any progress. Well, it's because you're simply not, you know, doing enough to uh, go into a producer mode is what I like to call it as opposed to consumer mode. When you're in consumer mode and you're mindlessly consuming doom scrolling on social media and you're just watching YouTube videos for hours, it can feel like you're being productive, especially if the things you're consuming, whether it's audiobooks, YouTube videos, they are educational and maybe it's like make money online. But until you're actually taking action for your own business, then you're not going to be feeling the f- the really strong sense of fulfillment and accomplishment that comes from creating your own content, publishing it out to the world, and getting impressions and clicks and ultimately getting sales. So that's the first thing is that you, know, you really need to focus on taking action if this is something you're interested in. But the first advice that I have for choosing your niche is on the first business that you start, don't beat yourself up about it. I think too many people try to hit home runs when they need to learn, you know, to walk or to walk before, like crawl before they can walk, right? So for me, my advice, and it's very counterintuitive. Everyone listening to this is like, I don't care about passions. I don't care about hobbies. I just want to make money right now. I get it, okay? That was me before. And it sounds counterintuitive, but I think for your first business, because affiliate marketing is pretty low overhead relative to another, uh, you know, other business models like e-commerce, where you might have to shell out five thousand dollars just for the minimum order quantity to get started. With affiliate marketing, I mean, you can throw a hundred bucks at it. You can give it a legit try, and if it fails, well, you know, you're out a hundred bucks. So that said, 
for your first business, I think you should choose something that you are passionate about, that you want to write about. And that's actually what my live case study is about, is going to be a website called qualityofplay.com. It's actually live. Uh, you can check it out now. Probably doesn't have any content yet, but it's actually going to be focused on gaming and office peripherals. I've been working from home for the last six plus years. I've tried so many different setups to try and be as productive as possible. I finally think I'm getting close to an end game setup now and it's something that I'd love to share and I've also been playing a lot of video games, specifically Valorant lately and I've been buying a lot of gaming mice which is really hot right now for anyone who knows about you know the, the gaming world. Um, 2023 is gonna be a big year for gaming mice believe it or not. And so this is something that I do want to capitalize on, but I also just want to, you know, for the fun of it, uh, pursue. So the first thing I want to say is when you're doing something that you're passionate about, you know, it's something that you're not going to get burnt out if you do it for like nine months to a year, which is how long I recommend you stick with that first niche. It will probably fail. Most of my successful students didn't succeed on their first try. They succeeded on their third or fourth website or business. Some of them came from dropshipping, Amazon FBA, from other business models before they even started affiliate marketing, but they did learn a lot of valuable lessons from those business models that they were, were able to transfer and vice versa. There's people who went through my program, they learned affiliate marketing, but then they transitioned to other business models like e-commerce, but they were able to uh, take what they learned from affiliate marketing and apply it to get you know quicker results regardless of what they did after. So... Let's talk about passion and domain expertise because this is something that I personally recommend. Um, but Kit, you know, what do you say about the counter argument that, hey, forget passion because we need to focus on making money and the market's not going to pay you uh, just because you're passionate about something and just because you like something as a hobby. That doesn't mean the market's going to pay you money. So why even go after something like that when it might just be kind of like a waste of time? Yeah, so I think the answer is you got to find something in the middle because if you just pick something, say you go, you know what, finance brings in a ton of money, I'm going to do finance. If you know nothing about finance, you have no credibility in finance, it doesn't matter that that's a high, like that they have huge commissions, you won't get any yep. because you're going to have some need some level of expertise. So having some sort of passion or some sort of interest in there will allow you to build the expertise to actively, you know, accurately recommend products to people, which is what you're trying to do. You're not just trying to randomly throw stuff out. You're trying to, you're doing the work for people so they don't have to go waste all this time, you know, looking into stuff. When you, you know, if you're searching for a product and you stumble on a great affiliate site, it's amazing because you're like, oh, awesome. This person has thought of everything. Yes. I can stop having a hundred tabs open and just go with this person. So trying to find something to go, hey, I have expertise in this. I have interest enough to learn about it and then it's a high ticket niche. And, and what you know, I think you'll see today is there are a lot of high ticket niches that you might not have even thought of before. Well said. So you basically just won't be able to compete as a beginner, you know, as a little newbie and you don't have enough skills. These high ticket, very profitable niches such as finance are brutally competitive. Imagine what it's like you're starting out and you're like, I'm going to jump into the deep end. And then you get zero traction, zero sales, zero impressions. And it is so discouraging and you probably will quit for the rest of your life after that horrible experience. But if you start with something that, you know, is a little bit easier keyword difficulty and it's it's more niche, like not as many people are competing for it, then that gives you a little bit more hope and it just gives you a little more encouragement to keep going. So again, I, I think it's counterintuitive and I know, you know, I've read so many books on this, passion versus profit. Obviously at the end of the day, like 
the goal by your third or your fourth try is to marry that sort of like sector of where you have what people are willing to pay for and what you'd like to do. Like it would be amazing if you could find something to do right in the middle of that. But until you get there, it's best to treat this as an experiment. And again, it's like a pretty low cost, low overhead business model. Uh, but at the end of the day, it is a business. So I do want to bring up the topic of how to get products because I actually talked about this a little bit in the how to start video. And it's a question that comes up a lot. And you do have to be smart about the way that you do your business monetization wise. So, you know, we're going to go into some of these niches, but it's not just the niche you pick, but it's the way you choose to monetize and what you choose to specifically zero in within that niche that can be profitable or not. And I'll give you some concrete examples when we get to it. But, you know, at the end of the day, to get products, the ideal affiliate business has products in hand. I don't think that's an argument. You know what I mean? Um, basically, people who are like, is there a way to do this without ever having to buy a product, without ever having to, you know, have these products in hand? Yes, there is. But it's not going to be as good as the people who actually invest, have the products in hand, or get the products sent to them from companies, which is what happens once you've built up a big enough brand. And I know from experience with the recording now, I was getting these headphones sent to me from all of these large, large companies, and they're happy to do it because they know it's going to be positive ROI for them. I get a free pair of headphones. Everyone's happy, right? So when it comes to products in hand, you can be smart about it. You can buy things refurbished, you can buy them used, you can sell them used on eBay. I used to do all these things. When I was starting recording now, I didn't start with all the expensive headphones. I started with a less than $50 pair of headphones. It's this pair of Samson's and I made a video on it. That video ended up getting over 100,000 views. It was titled the best headphones under $50. Okay, I already own those headphones. It's not something where I went out, and again, this is why I say domain expertise, hobby, etc. because I already own those headphones because I was a music producer. And, you know, being a music producer, I bought a lot of gear that actually, you know, I, I invested a lot of money uh, relative to, you know, being a college student to buying studio monitors and all these, you know, different things. And if you're passionate about something, you probably already spent hundreds of dollars on it. You know, so that's why I recommend this as well. Imagine you're like, oh, I find a profitable niche. How am I supposed to buy like all of these $300, $400 items? Um, you know, it's it's kind of hard to bridge that gap uh, again, un unless you already kind of own those products. But even if you don't own them, there are ways to be creative. And there's also ways, you know, for example, you could borrow from friends. And, you know, again, if you have a hobby that you and your friends share, it's easier to find these products as well because you know maybe they have certain products that you don't have and vice versa. So when it comes to the topic of do I need to have the products in hand, Kit, what do you think about this? You know, part of me wants to be like, hey, you can get scrappy, you can, you know, find ways to do the research and then create content um, without actually physically having the product in hand. But product in hand means you can take pictures, you can make videos, B-roll, you can do things that people just can't who don't have the product and that's gonna make you more competitive. Yes, and I think especially what we've seen from Google, if you look at the product review update, is that they want original photos. Yeah. And having original photos and having being able to say, like, if you have the product in hand, you can create testing standards for your website. Like, if you go look at Wirecutter, why do people, why did Wirecutter get bought by the New York Times for millions and millions of dollars? Because that's what they did. And you yes. can do something similar on a but Like, it doesn't cost any money to be like, here's how I tested it, you know, and just take it around with you for a few days, whatever it is. You could, depending on what your gear is, you can rent gear. People do that mm -hmm. in, in different things. You can, you know, you can do that. I've rented gear before and things like that. So 
you know, you're going to need to find a way to get your hands on it, whether, you know, it's just paying the upfront price later trying to resell it. I love the idea of like talking to your friends. You probably know somebody who has it and be like, yeah, no. And not only will they lend it to you to like take photos of, try out, they can give a first person account too that you can also mm-hmm. leverage as well. So I think you definitely just are going to have to experience that and view it like you're investing in a business. Because even if you're paying 300, 400, think of that cost versus if you were to do like an e-commerce business where, okay, well, you need 2000 soap dispensers and you're yeah. going to spend all that on that. And uh oh, I hope it doesn't sell. Like at the end of the day, you're going to have stuff that you can either resell that you can use in your own life. Like it's, it's, I, I, I think especially with the Google product review update, it's really becoming a, an important way to stand out. Agreed. So let's move on to the list of the high ticket profitable niches for 2023. Now, I actually do have a list of 22 of these high ticket affiliate marketing niches on my free course. If you haven't signed up for it, you can go to odiproductions.com, click the get free course button, put in your name and email, and you will be sent a link to where you can sign up for that free course. You can access it. It's part of phase one. Now, we're going to target the first niche here, which is office equipment slash electronics. So, I have a history with this. It started with recording now with headphones. Now, one thing that some people may not know is it originally started with home recording gear in general. Because again, I was focused on sort of the audio production side of things as a music producer. So headphones wasn't actually my first thought. It was actually going to be more so things like microphones, audio interfaces, and things like that, maybe even studio monitors. I had made content for most of these categories, but the video that ended up getting the most views was that cheap pair of $50 headphones. Now there was um, some videos that did well, like for example, um, you know, microphone under $100, but the headphones kind of jumped out to me as like, okay, here's something that, you know, the market likes this because it's not just for music producers and audiophiles. It's also for people who like to listen to music, which is like everyone on planet Earth. So headphones was a very, very friendly market, uh, you know, a bigger market, essentially, not as niche as something like, let's say, you know, XLR microphones. Um, So the data is what kind of like led me to double down on headphones and the rest was history for that website. I just kept doing headphones more and more. And the bigger my catalog of headphones got, you know, I would get free headphones, I would review them, I would sell them as an affiliate, I would get more affiliate sales, I would either reinvest the money into better filming equipment or into more headphones, or I would just, again, you know, the companies would send the headphones for free. So in a weird way, it's kind of like the rich get richer. Like, you know, now when you're in a position to buy the headphones, if you wanted to, you don't even need to buy them anymore because they're sending them to you for free. So that's why it's an awesome business. I mean, like, that's why I want to do it for my office uh, peripherals and my gaming equipment because there is so much that I'd love to get for free. And the first one, you know, with office equipment and electronics, this is what my live case study is going to be focused on, uh, specifically more on like gaming peripherals, like gaming mice. And this is something that's a hobby of mine. I love playing video games. And recently I've been getting into playing this game Valorant and uh, testing all sorts of different equipment, uh, such as gaming mice, but also different keyboards, mouse pads, things like that. And so... That's our first niche, and I think a lot of people can understand sort of that love for electronics and like, you know, gadgets and stuff like that. I mean, you know, I just mentioned like gaming peripherals, uh, computer setups, and also headphones, but I mean, there's just so much more uh, when it comes to electronics. And I don't know, for a nerd like me, 
like I could talk about this kind of stuff all day. I research it on Reddit all the time and it's just like such a time sink. But if you can find a way to make money off of it, I think that's one of the beautiful things about field marketing. You can be passionate about something. You can help people to make a good purchase decision and you make money, possibly a full-time living. I mean, what can be better than that? It's pretty awesome. Yeah. And I think that's, and it's something that, you know, I think electronics, like where it used to be sort of this niche thing, like now everybody mm-hmm. has like a different gadget that they like. And there's so many choices now, like, you know, and I think that's the one nice thing, like ne- there's so much stuff now being an affiliate allows you to help sort of curate things for people. And if yes. people like your recommendations, they will come back to you again and again and again. Yeah, I mean, I like to think that back then when I was doing all those headphone reviews and I was looking at some of those videos today and they're still getting comments. And it's funny because I have some videos that were very contentious in terms of like I was comparing like two different headphones and people are still arguing in the comments to this very day over some of the opinions or the uh, comments that I had in the video. And it's just so funny to me because like I haven't thought twice about, you know, um, that video that I had made five, six, seven years ago, but people are still fighting over it in the comments. And it's just crazy because it's like that means that that video that I made back then is still providing some kind of value, whether that be entertainment value, whether people are buying or purchasing products, which they are. And so it's just awesome that you can do something one time and it can continue to give people information, you know, well into 2023. So moving on to the next niche, and I actually have a concrete example here. So cars, when you first think of cars, and you know, this is where we can talk about how you'd be smart about, you know, some of these niches. If you think about cars, you're not going to be an affiliate for selling cars. Okay, that might be people's like first thought is like, oh, cars. Like, I mean, does that mean like I'm going to sell cars? Um, I mean, there are affiliate programs, I believe, for uh, like Auto Trader and, you know, websites like that. Um, So technically, I guess you could. But you're obviously not going to be like reviewing and selling actual cars because that's not how cars are bought. They're not typically bought like on Amazon and Prime delivered to your doorstep in two days. Typically, you go to a dealership, you have a salesperson and, you know, you get financing this and that. So we're not going to do that. But what we are going to do is maybe we sell car accessories. And I have a buddy. I actually consulted with him. When he came to me, he was roughly making close to $1,000 a month just from Amazon Associates in the automotive niche, which I already thought was pretty impressive. We took a look at his data and I decided to uh, basically tell him to double down on a specific segment of car related products. And these were, they had to do with car detailing. And it has to do, if you're not familiar with car detailing, it's basically cleaning products, okay? These are things like waxes, polishes, all sorts of things to make your paint nice and clean and also to clean up your interior, exterior, etc. So car detailing is like a really big thing in the car world because a lot of car guys or girls, they, you know, really love taking care of their vehicle. And so with that, the car detailing products, I mean, you typically buy these in like these bundles. So I was recommending uh, to my friend that you should focus, first of all, you should focus more on car detailing content and selling these products, but you should also bundle them together to increase the profit and basically maximize the profit per order as opposed to having people buy one or two things at a time. Maybe they can buy a pack of six things to create this like starter kit, something like that. And it worked beautifully within a few months. I believe he quadrupled his affiliate income and since then has been thriving and is doing well uh, as we speak. And maybe one time we can actually get him on the podcast. But that said, you know, again, when you think of some of these niches, there may be like an obvious thing that comes to mind, but 
at the same time, it's like that's not the way to monetize that niche. So another one would be like musical instruments. If it was like guitars, you're not going to sell like a bunch of guitars and probably review like a bunch of guitars unless you're like a guitar store yourself, like Guitar Center, and you have those resources, right? And you're trying to like literally sell it direct. You know, when it comes to these kinds of niches, maybe it's the accessories, you know, that you have to focus on uh, to make viable. So cars, that is an interesting niche that, you know, there's many types of uh, products and categories within that. Moving on to the next one, and these affiliate sites actually do make millions of dollars, and that is security, specifically with VPN review sites. So, you know, these VPN companies, they're very profitable because... People pay a monthly fee, right? It's like software, but at the same time, it applies to basically everybody. Who wouldn't want to use a VPN because essentially it just helps to you know, protect your online presence and it helps you do things like you can change your location so you can view you know, content that's restricted in the US. Maybe you can view it if it's uh, somewhere overseas. And VPNs, I know you guys see those ads, the sponsorships on YouTube, et cetera, et cetera. And it's because these companies make a lot of money. And because they make a lot of money, they can afford to pay affiliates a high commission because of that juicy profit margin, and they can give affiliates a good chunk of that. So what ends up happening is this, you know, basically this cycle where you have tons of companies or publishers and affiliates pushing VPN products, and more and more consumers are purchasing it because, again, it's a product that basically anyone who uses the internet could probably benefit from a VPN. So. Kit, what are your thoughts on how lucrative this this niche is? Yeah, and it's like there's a ton of stuff in the just overall like security niche just because so many more people are online. Mm-hmm. What's great is these are software products that anybody can use. Yes. So it's not as much as doing some kind of software like, hey, only a few people have a specific niche for this. There's a lot of people and you can you can even pair security software with some other niches, but it's it's and you'll see when you go online, like you will find sites that will just find one aspect of si- any kind of cybersecurity and go in deep. So if you're inter- if that's if cybersecurity is kind of like interesting, you can go into that. There's a ton of digital products in that space, and there's a lot of c- competition and any space that's something to any space where there are companies that are competing with each other, mm-hmm. they will pay higher affiliate commissions because they want people to represent them not the other person. And you can take advantage of that. Companies are really desperate to get affiliates and you can use that as a leverage point for yourself to keep getting higher commissions. I know this from experience. I've had companies that, you know, they saw their competitors were being promoted on one of my niche authority websites. And, you know, they were essentially trying to outbid that company to try and get a higher placement or to try and compete a little bit more. So definitely that is a benefit to the affiliate that gives you a little bit more um, power and leverage when typically affiliates are, you know, not in control because you are kind of like the middleman. Uh, there are times when it's good to be the middleman. You can use it as leverage. Now, one thing I do want to say about things like VPN and other software, which is one of my favorite niches by far and types of products because digital products are cheap. And at the end of the day, when you talk about, you know, do I need to buy all the products? Do I need to have them in hand with digital products? I mean, you can sign up for like one month or a free trial and you can have the product quote unquote in hand and it's very cheap you know a lot of these softwares um even ones that pay high commission are actually pretty cheap to even sign up for and use so that's why i love software me personally uh because i think like if you're trying to be frugal and you're trying to get you know kind of good roi i think uh, software is just an easy win for everybody involved and for the software companies i mean they have they have a juicy profit margin they can afford to pay 
the affiliates. So moving on to the next niche, we have survival and hunting. And this is one that I personally am fascinated by. And it's something that I'm not an expert in, but I've been trying to like learn, you know, I'm trying to get more outdoorsy this year and go to some more national parks. But survival and hunting, I mean, the gear can be so expensive. Some of these, you know, like winter jackets and all these different layers. And um, I did watch a YouTube video of this guy and he was talking about how to uh, basically do like a cheap kit where you have all these layers um, and you can buy them off, off Amazon. And of course, you know, he has affiliate links. And I'm like, wow, this video probably generated so many sales, uh, but it was very helpful. So at the same time, like I would be happy to, um, you know, use their affiliate links and, you know, with survival and hunting, I mean, it's something, well, first of all, it's just like a base human need. Uh, if we're talking about, you know, survival is something that, uh, you know, there's all these like doomsday prepper and stuff like that. And I've been watching this show last of us on HBO and it, there's a guy who's like a doomsday prepper guy. Um, and you know, it's just funny because like, I think that this niche hits on like a core human sort of like primal fear or tendency. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I think like if we're just talking like outdoors and, um, you know, basically having the right clothing for certain types of climates and weather, I think it's cool to be prepared. Um, and I've been reading so many different blogs on like, what's the best like rain jacket and stuff like that and learning about the different materials and all the different brands. Um, so yeah, survival, hunting, that's, that's a cool niche too. Yeah, and I think it's it, that is a great example of one that you know, if you were just sort of entering the space, you would go, oh, that, you know, that's you would you people tend to just think of make money online niches, mm -hmm. but there are a ton, and and when you go to that free course and see all twenty two, you will do, and it's and it's not just and and you know even in the passive income lifestyle mentorship program, it even goes a step beyond that where there's you know lists of I think it's over five hundred products tagged yeah. by all these niches, and you can get tons of ideas by seeing all these great products that you could be an affiliate for and you know i think a lot of times it'll spark people to go oh wow i didn't know i could be an affiliate for that that's right up my alley yeah in my youtube video i suggest people just literally go to google if there's a product that you like to use type in the company name and just add affiliate you will probably find an affiliate program now if it's something on amazon that you can buy boom, there's Amazon Associates. That already covers millions of products alone. And Amazon Associates, the last time I checked, has around 900,000 affiliates, which I thought was actually kind of a low number because this is the largest affiliate program in the world. And there's only 900,000 people to compete with. And obviously everyone's doing a bunch of different niches. So it's not like 900,000 people head on. So I just thought that that was kind of interesting. And that's why it's cool to be a producer. You know, when you're a consumer, you're just one of billions and billions of people. When you're a producer, you may just be competing with a few thousand people uh, for the market. And that's why it's always good to switch sides and why you want to be a producer, a creator in this economy, whether it's content creation, whether it's business creation, software creation, you want to be on the producer side. So a couple more niches we'll talk about here. Uh, but again, I suggest you check out the full list of the 22 if you want more inspiration. We have pets. And people honestly are willing to spend as much on their pet as they are like a legit child. And it's awesome, honestly, because a pet is like part of the family. So, you know, for many people, their pet, whether you have a dog, a cat, maybe some reptile, you know, it's a very interesting niche that people are willing to spend a lot on, whether that be things like, you know, medication, accessories, uh, insurance. I mean, there's so many things within that. Uh, and I think that, you know, the pet niche is a fun one and it's a fun one as an affiliate, if you ask me. Um, but you know, you can also do some e-commerce things. I have consulted with some, uh, pet e-commerce 
companies that did like private label, for example. And it's it's just a fun um, kind of hobby. So moving on to the next one, which is personal brand. Now this one is if you want a little bit more flexibility and you're okay with wanting to, let's say, become a quote unquote influencer. Personal brand is one that gives you a little bit more flexibility because if you're like me, you're going to have like a lot of different interests. You're not just going to have one thing that that's the only thing you know about. That's the only thing you care about. For me, I just love researching whatever hobby I get into. I tend to get really sort of obsessed with it and I tend to, you know, really spend a lot of time. I make all these spreadsheets. I get really nerdy about whatever hobby I'm getting into. And so with personal brand, I think that one is interesting. I don't think it's as advantageous from an SEO standpoint because Google typically wants to see your site have expertise, authority, and trustworthiness within a specific niche. I think once you start to go into multiple different things, it starts to look like spam um, as a signal. And I've seen sites uh, that were shared with me and I looked at their data and I think that Google just doesn't like sites that are just jumping all around too much because it just destroys a little bit of your credibility from my experience. Yeah, I definitely think you have to make sure like when you just try and and, and into a not just from Google's perspective, just to a visitor's perspective, they go on. Yes. And it's all over the place. Very low yes. likelihood they're going to click on any other articles on your page because that's not what they came there for. Exactly. So those are some of the niches. Hopefully they got some of the creative juices flowing. But now we're going to talk about three action steps that you can do today. And if you've been enjoying the episodes we've had so far in 2023, it's a new year. And honestly, guys, I've been using a habit tracker app on my phone. And it's something that I do want to talk about in a future episode and YouTube video. And it's been helping me keep accountable. And so it's all about momentum and taking these small steps. And honestly, when you're able to build up some kind of momentum and a streak, it's easy to keep it going. It's hard to go from inertia where you're, you know, standing still and you're trying to take that first step. That is typically one of the hardest things to do, but I'm telling you guys, once you get in the habit of getting these healthy habits and these little things going, it becomes easier and easier and easier before it becomes autopilot. So, let's talk about what you can do first today. Once you've chosen your niche, that's the first step that I recommend both in the YouTube video and on this podcast, but then I would buy a domain, go to GoDaddy, go to Cloudflare. And you're going to purchase a domain name. And the domain extensions that I recommend are going to be number one and two is .com and .co. Far and away, these are the most legit. They have the best branding. Maybe you can do a .org or a .net. And then that's pretty much it. If you can't find the .com, the .co, I suggest you probably go find another brand name. Also, search up the brand name on Google. Make sure that nothing exists that's already there. You want to make sure you don't run into any sort of trademark issues. But also just no, no confusion uh, with another brand that's already existing in the space, right? So you want to come up with something pretty much brand new, but as long as the .com or the .co exists, there's a high chance that it hasn't really been used, especially if there's a .com. It, that simply means that there probably is no sort of large or medium or even small company that has taken it or else they would have purchased the .com by now, um, especially when domains are so cheap. Uh, I was looking at GoDaddy. You, the first year is like one cent right now. It's usually $19.99 a year. And you can get the first year for one cent if you register for two years. So it becomes like $10 a year. That's less than $1 a month. Buy a domain. That's going to get the juices flowing and basically be an actual legitimate, tangible step towards creating your business. Now, the second step, which I recommend, and I actually walk you through this on the How to Start video, is make a website. 
And so you've heard us talk about JetPage. My new site, qualityofplay.com, is hosted on JetPage, just like my other affiliate sites currently. And it's so easy to get started. I mean, I do it on the video live and it literally takes a few seconds. And I actually even make a logo on Canva for free. So historically, I've usually pointed people to Fiverr because I used to, you know, hire freelancers to make a logo for, you know, five, ten dollars on Fiverr. Uh, pretty cheap and, you know, worth it in my opinion. That said, I've been using Canva a lot recently. And if you guys don't know what Canva is, it's like a free sort of like cloud-based online Photoshop alternative that's very simple. But you can make a lot of stuff with it, like even like video intros, which I was dabbling with for my YouTube channel. And so Canva, I have a pro account myself. I believe it's like $12 a month, something around there. Um, I personally think it's worth it. But you can make a logo for free. And I did that. Um, I did it live without any sort of rehearsal on the YouTube video. And it literally took like a minute or two. And I personally think that the logo that I created actually looks really good. You can check it out um, on that new niche website. But basically, if you can get the domain, connect it to your website and create a logo, we are really making some moves now. Now you need the website because to get into affiliate programs, I talk about this in the video, but every single affiliate program, every legit one at least, is gonna ask what's your website URL? What's your website about? What's a website description? You know, And they need these things because they only want to hire or they only want to accept affiliates who are legitimate, who are going to represent the brand in a way that they are proud of. They don't want to just give affiliate links to spammers and to bots and people who are just gonna go on YouTube comments and spam their affiliate link. That is the opposite of what brands want. They want to have legitimate publications and influencers and individuals promote their product because that builds trust, okay? And they also don't wanna attract like any bad sales that are gonna just refund or charge back that is ultimately gonna come back to bite the company. So that's why affiliate programs and networks for the most part are kind of strict you know, to a degree, but if the only thing you need to get into these programs like Amazon Associates is you just need a working URL with maybe a couple blog posts, then that's something that you can literally start today and you can get that done like by the end of the week, honestly. And the last thing I wanna talk about is creating a list of 40 to 50 keyword opportunities. Now you've heard us talk about keyword research on the podcast before. And I still feel like it's kind of a tricky topic for people who are new because it's just, you don't know where to start. And you also don't wanna pay $99 a month for Ahrefs or SEMrush. Look, I get it. So in the video, I talk about Google Trends. I also talk about some other free resources like answerthepublic.com or there's Keyword Surfer, a free Google Chrome extension. These are things which you can use to get a little bit more data on keywords. Now come up with 40 to 50 keyword opportunities. And to do this, you can use something like Google Trends. You can look up your topic. You can look up some keywords and find some related ones from the data. But you can also just literally search on Google or on YouTube, and it will generate those autocomplete suggestions underneath. Those are great suggestions because they are most likely what many people are searching up. So a concrete example from my new affiliate website is I am writing about this gaming mouse. It's a Logitech G Pro X Superlight. I'm curious, what kind of comparisons are people looking for when they're making a purchase decision to buy this mouse? And guess what? You add versus or VS to the end of that. And all of a sudden I saw a list of all the competitor mouses there, like Razer Viper V2 Pro. So that is one way to get keyword research. And you're not going to get the numbers and, and the volume per se, unless you use Google Trends, you'll see like a relative, you know, sort of like um, comparison 
but you're not gonna get like cold hard volume of like 20,000 searches per month. But even on those expensive tools, and Kit, you could probably chime in here, but you know, those volume estimates, they're just ballpark. And to be honest, like a lot of them are just kind of like very conservative and low. And you know, I don't really know what the deal is with some of those. I don't really trust them. Yeah, and I think especially when you're starting out, you know, it's not 100% accurate. I think people who are really deep in SEO, those tools have give them a lot of stats and they have a lot of things mm-hmm. to use that give them indicators. But if you're just starting out, your goal would just be like, hey, the basic ideas. Because probably the things that are obvious to you that you should talk about and that Google's showing you are what you should start with. And then you can dive in deeper as you get more comfortable. And your number one goal needs to just be to get going and create content. Yeah, yeah. I would rather beginners make the mistake of you make 50 pieces of content and you've done a little bit of keyword research you didn't get like you know hard numbers from like hrefs or anything like that but you at least like got a really like sort of strong suspicion that these are going to get traffic because you've searched them up on google and youtube and you saw there's many you know content there's videos that are getting views based on those keywords and they were also suggested in the related searches on google and youtube i mean that is more than enough evidence that something is at least worth going after and then at the end of the day you can go back to your google search console or your google analytics and then you can see and assess hey you know was that keyword worth it uh am i ranking for it you know basically it's just better to go out there and try rather than sitting back not making any content and getting zero traffic and zero impressions and zero sales so that basically wraps up the time we have for today. I hope that it was inspiring for you guys, people who are either starting your first affiliate business or if you're working on your second, your third one, you have to keep trying. At the end of the day, you know, it's not likely based on what I've seen from mentoring thousands of people, it's not likely you're gonna hit a home run on that first website ever just to break it to you. So you might as well go out there, you might as well give it a try, learn the process and the fundamentals in the first nine months to a year. And once you learn those things, you can create the second, third, fourth business 10 times as fast because you already have that knowledge. And that's what I I want you to work towards in terms of what defines success it's basically building up your skills to the point where you can replicate this and you also could compete in the more competitive niches. So that's all we have for you today. Again, thank you guys who are writing in to the email. You can email at support at odiproductions.com if you have any sort of feedback, any questions for the podcast, or if you just want to drop by, say hello. Thank you guys so much for that. You can also check out my website, odiproductions.com. Check out the free course there. Uh, it's been updated for 2022, 2023. And make sure you check out that How to Start 2023 video on my YouTube channel that just dropped because I guarantee you um, it's something that I've never done before and it's going to be pretty cool to be working on this live case study for this year. So thank you again so much for tuning in. We'll catch you on next week's episode.